0: God awesome this will probably uh this is chapter 10 and then chapter 11 will be the next one and uh uh, then we will move from the word filled marriage into a word filled family and John will be teaching that so next week will probably uh be the last week on the marriage so if your marriage is not tweaked by then uh no (laughs) I'm teasing uh and also, I've asked. I've invited Terry and Pam. They have a lot of, of uh, what's the word here? Experience, in marriage.
1: We're
0: all just saved. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And uh, so, we're. I've asked them to teach chapter eleven next week. You're going to really be blessed. It's kind of written from the woman's uh, perspective. The the husband wrote the book, but his wife is Bonnie. And if you read at the start of chapter eleven, it talks about uh, she pretty well wrote a lot of chapter eleven. So it's kind of from a a woman's perspective perspective but we will also it's also going to be good because it's it's how to love your man uh spiritually physically emotionally and so really going to be some great stuff and i know they're going to do a, a great job on it so look forward to that next week and again mention also uh and we'll really hit this sunday if you know of someone in this church a child uh, uh older person whatever that has not been water baptized And they would like to be. We're going to be doing that on the 21st at Terry and Pam's at 6 o'clock. So uh, we'll hit that some more. I think we have three signed up so far. So uh, remember that. Thank you, Lisa, for getting the handout. Huh? T-shirts. Okay, yes. And also, if you would like uh, another T-shirt. We've sold out of the second batch in some sizes, so we are going to be making another order, and say you've got a black one, and you want the blue or the red or the purple, uh, see Sheila, and she'll get your size and the color you want, and I think they're $13 for adult and 11 for children, so remember that. How many like your t-shirts? Amen. Amen. There's some of them here tonight, one, two, three or so, so amen. I gave Jonathan my blue one, didn't I? I was looking for that the other day, and I thought, what did I do with that? Jonathan has it, but I blessed you with it, so it's yours, okay? God's good. Yep, that's right, that's right. So anyway. <laughs> okay, you can keep it. <laughs> I would have got mayonnaise if I'd been wearing it, so mustard and no. that. That's not cool, not cool. enough. <laughs> All right, chapter 10. we kind of taken a break from the really nitty-gritty of marriage. Last week it was to a country boy, it was intense a little bit for me, so this week we're kind of taking a a break from it. We're going to look at Peter, and Peter is one of my favorite characters in the Bible, and uh, so we're going to look at him, and the the main theme of this whole chapter is triumph through failures with our God of new beginnings. Aren't you glad it's never too late to start over? Amen. Is there a lot of failures in this? Is there, is there some failures in this room? Yep. Are there some victories in this room? Yep. Which one are we going to emphasize? The victories. the victories. That's what God does. We're going to find that out tonight. He doesn't emphasize or remember even our failures. We are the ones that remember them, and then friends and people that know us, they may even identify us as yeah, that guy that you know ran off and blah blah blah, whatever you know. Uh, but not in the kingdom of God. He washes you as far as the east is from the west. Great is His forgiveness. Amen. So that's kind of what this is about. Uh, this is not in your book, but at the very start, when I when I think of God's mercy and grace, I think of Lamentations three, twenty two. Through 23, you can write this in on the, co- on the side column of your book. On, I'm on page 131 on chapter 10. Uh, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Because his compassions, what? Fail not. They are what? New. Every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Anybody ever had a rough day? you know me too and you've laid there sometimes till the wee hours of the morning you know uh, remembering it hashing it rehashing it trying to you know coulda shoulda woulda blah 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 whatever you want to oh if I'd only if I could you know all of this stuff but one thing you need to know is this when you ask God to wash this Lord just I repent of this his mercy is new again that morning it's as if it never happened amen great is his faithfulness so that's kind of I wanted to start this chapter off with that, and then you know in the book there it also mentions Joel two, twenty five. I don't know that I gave that to you, Bev, but it's, so I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. Anybody had a few wasted years? Let's be honest. Too many. Me too. I can think of a season in my life of about six years where. Uh, there was a little bit of God in there, but there was a lot of bit of a lot of David, and the flesh, in those in those years. So uh, I'm thankful that He can restore what the locust and the cankerworm has tried to eat up. So He talks here in the first page about uh, God is a God of new beginnings. Every day starts new and fresh. Uh, 60 minutes per hour. Uh, three months uh, is a season. And spring turns into summer, summer turns into fall, fall into winter. And there are seasons, aren't there? Not only physically upon this earth, but in our life. So uh, the, the thing that he really points out is we can repent and start over again anytime we choose to. Amen? I'm thankful for that. So let's start here on, on Peter, on uh, page 132 i love peter as i said he was impetuous he was impulsive he was emotional roller coaster sometimes wasn't he all over the place mad sad glad angry you know just just a a rolling emotional roller coaster. but he says peter will always be an example in the bible of one who loved jesus deeply he did he loved jesus but he struggled with submitting to his lordship and his plan didn't he uh Next to Christ, no one in the New Testament is mentioned by name more than Peter. Did you know that? Paul, you know, wrote the 13 epistles, and, you know, you would think, you know, that would be big. But, but G, uh, Peter is next to Jesus in the New Testament. So here's seven things on, you know, on your, uh, in your uh, book there. No one was ever honored like Peter. Jesus told him, you're a Peter. And upon this rock... I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it so no one was ever honored no one was ever rebuked (laughs) the other end of the spectrum as sharply as when jesus called peter a tool of satan he even told him get behind me get behind me satan no one ever claimed greater loyalty to christ if i have to die with you he said i'm willing to die with you that's loyalty isn't it i'm in if i have to die with you number four Uh, no one ever denied Jesus like Peter. Not once, not twice. Lisa's laughing. But three times, right? And Jesus even told him you're going to, didn't he? He prophesied it. So you want to say something? Nope? Okay, one of your favorites. All right. Okay. Uh, So no one's ever denied. uh, No one was ever more totally smitten by their sin in the sight of Jesus. And that's just kind of in the courtyard there. After the cock has crowed, the rooster has crowed, and he says, And the Lord turned. I preached a sermon on that probably 30 years ago, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Wow, powerful, powerful. What a look. No one was ever grieved, or no one ever grieved more completely. Right after that, we find that Peter remembered the words of the Lord and he went out and wept bitterly uncontrollably the lord had told him you're going to do it and then he as he's let you know leading him through the courtyard he, he looks at him and that really impacted peter's life in fact we'll find later in this chapter tonight that peter didn't even want to he said i'm not worthy to even be crucified like jesus was put me upside down on the cross so wow what a what a story of a of a man that uh, god changed Amen? God changed. And one more here. No one was ever restored. I love this. We believe in restoration here, don't we? No one was ever restored more tenderly and completely when Jesus there after he's already in his glorified resurrected body there in John 21 he tells him three times feed my lambs feed my sheep. He was letting him know everything's okay. Amen? It's going to be all gonna, You're going to make an impact on this world. So all right, uh, and, and question number one, and I really like this. Again, this is kind of the essence of, of the gospel and what we believe here at the house. God did not want Peter's failure emphasized. He wanted his forgiveness to shine like a ray of light in utter darkness. So that's failure and forgiveness are the answers to uh, number one. Hallelujah. As I mentioned a while ago, People may remember you for your mess up, but God doesn't. Amen. He loves you. Where is our emphasis? It should be on a loving, wonderful, cleansing Savior. Amen. Hallelujah. And he says that is the lesson of Galakantu. I hope I'm saying that right. The place where the rooster crowed twice after Peter had denied. I love it. We're going to get into that in just a, a minute. How that God had this all planned. And ordained and even used a rooster, right, to remind Peter the rooster crowing. So, as we go into the story here, uh, we remember they were banqueting, right, in the upper room that night before uh, Jesus was captured by the soldiers. They were having a a big meal together there. Uh, We did the, we quoted some scripture, John read it Sunday there, they had communion. Uh, Then they left and went out into the Garden of Gethsemane. And we know that uh, Jesus, even there in that upper room, warned Peter that a spiritual battle was coming his way. Sadly, his warnings went unheeded. But in that garden, Jesus prayed and prayed and prayed. And just before Judas arrived with a great multitude armed with swords and clubs, Jesus once more Encouraged his disciples to rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Jesus called a prayer meeting, didn't he? And kind of like some of them I've called, it was it was not as good as we hoped, right? Anybody ever called a prayer meeting and had just a yeah, 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 just me and you and a dog named Boo, right? No, just uh, it, it uh, the. As it says in that scripture, the spirit is willing, but what? The flesh is weak. But I believe God in these end times is raising up prayer warriors. I'm, I'm talking to people more and more that are praying uh, more and more. Different ones fasting even and praying for spiritual breakthroughs in their family, uh, in their life, and on and on. So, wow, just a powerful prayer prayer still works it still changes things so we find him there in the garden Judas betrayed Jesus there with a kiss we know about that what did Peter do he's the the, the flesh is coming out isn't it he grabs his sword and he's going for his head wasn't he but the guy ducked or turned sideways and uh, he got his ear and man what a miracle of healing right here you know just reach down picks the ear up and here you go let's Surgery, <laughs> right there. That just blows me away, doesn't it, you? Just a powerful miracle right there even before, you know, here he is heading to the, to the cross in anguish. We know that because he had just, the Bible just said, his sweat was as great drops of blood falling down to the ground, but yet he had time to make things right uh, there in the garden. So uh, Peter, again, impulsive, grabs it, you know, Jesus as as the word says so eloquent eloquently, he could have called six legions, ten thousands of angels if he needed someone to protect him, right? He didn't need that. Uh and, and they didn't really understand here. I, I like what it says here on page one thirty-three. Jesus needed Peter and the other disciples to get ready spiritually, but they still had failed to understand the gravity of the situation. They were still in the physical battle, weren't they? Is there a difference? Yes. Yes, very much so. They didn't comprehend what was really going on here in the spirit world. The disciples at this point all forsook Jesus, fled, I'm out of here. Because John Mark was always hanging around, some believe that Mark, Uh, 14 there references to a certain young man following Jesus Wrapped only with a linen cloth around his naked body That could have been Mark. The mob traveled then from Gethsemane uh, Along the Kidron Valley Over to the courtyard And they get before Caiaphas And uh, you know I like what it says here in the book about As they crossed over that brook That it was probably running dark red With the blood of 250,000 sheep that had been slain at the Passover, wow, that, that really uh, jumped out at me. They had been, you know, it was right there in Passover and all the, the, the blood from the sacrifices was running down that, that brook. And I don't know, I haven't had a chance to really reflect upon that. But wow, just uh, going right over that book, right over that brook, Kidron, on the way to the examination by Caiaphas. It says in Simon Peter, at the bottom of your page, followed Jesus and so did another disciple. Now, that disciple was known to the high priest and went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door outside. And this is, of course, John. Then John, the other, or then the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to her who kept the door and brought Peter into the inner chamber there. So let's look, number one, at Peter's steps to defeat. Are there, is there a pattern here? That we see, we're going to see five things as we uh, dive off in here. uh, Five danger signals uh, that caused uh, Peter to 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 fail here. Uh, Peter was trying to take on the whole world in his own strength, physically, wasn't he? Do we do that sometimes in our battles that we face? Try to, especially us men, sometimes we. I can handle this you know I can handle this and and I'm sure there's some ladies too you know we we live in this in this physical world so so many times we go to that as the first uh, resource when God help us to get to the place where we recognize what is going on and head for the spiritual first we even talked about a little bit of this last night in our ministers training class how that when we're sick who do we call first? Should be, should be on God, God the Healer. But so many, oh man, I better get a hold of my doctor. You know, I'm blah blah blah. I got this, got, got that. Uh, can God heal you in the same way He forgives you? Amen. Hallelujah. Heals all of our diseases and and forgives all of our sins. So so many times we too, as I just said, uh, we try to handle things in our own strength instead of His strength. We're going to have a scripture tonight that talks about that His strength is perfect when our strength is not. We must come to that place where we can rely on Him more and more. Are you finding that out? More and more. Dependence on God. Hallelujah. Peter, by going into that courtyard, courtyard was now walking with people who were enemies of the Lord. Whoa. He's kind of identifying by going into that courtyard with the ones there that are actually uh, in the process of doing, a, you know, stirring up the stuff against Jesus Christ. So he's, he's, and, and it happens that way sometimes, doesn't it, in our own physical Lives. If we're not careful, we can begin to identify with uh, someone that we shouldn't be, that is really dragging us down instead of moving us upward. We have to be spiritually sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit to realize when someone's taking us in a direction that God is not behind. Amen? Are you all with me? Is it important? Hallelujah. So, Let's, let's jump into this. Let's, let's read Mark 14, 27 through 30. And we'll, uh, then we'll jump into these five uh, danger signs. Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I've been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, even if all are made to stumble, yet I will not be. Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you that today, even this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. All right, that's the context here tonight. So number one, Peter boasted too loudly. What is that a sign of? Pride, isn't it? I got this i can handle this i'm i'm peter man hallelujah huh that's right very good point a good need God. amen i thought i'd turn that off but yeah it's a confidence in uh as terry just said in your own ability or your own flesh we mentioned that sunday some didn't we self-promoting self-exalting self you know we we uh, uh tend to gravitate to that sometimes if we're not staying in the word of god amen so he he boasted you know uh uh very loudly here too loudly uh he says here uh, and, and we said this earlier a statement from Peter such as this was not, it was, he was not acting in the spiritual, but in the physical. Uh, second, I love 1 Corinthians 10, 12, and it says this in the book. Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. We can look at somebody and go, man, I would never, I would never allow that to happen to me. How in the world did you allow that to happen to you? My goodness. Yeah, right. Yeah. You probably do something worse. <laughs> Amen. So uh, yeah. It's uh we can always see the the little splinter in someone else's eye, can't we? And uh forget about the two before that's in our own. So he boasted number one too loudly. That's a danger sign on your handout there. It's question uh number two. He boasted too loudly and pride is a sign of, it's a sign of giving in to pride number two, Peter prayed too sparingly, ouch does that hurt could we pray more church amen amen you know we talk about it and uh, again the times when I do, when I'm up on my prayer life I'll tell you this: the day goes so much better, the week goes so much better. Amen. You can feel it, can't you? Just one. uh, What is that thing about one seven days makes one week? (laughs) I can't remember the little saying, but yeah. Some people hardly ever pray. You know, they just come to church and they they may bow their heads in prayer when someone else is praying. I think, how in the world? Do you make it? How in the world? Yeah. I, mean, I didn't pray out loud for the first five years
2: I was a Christian. Also, does everyone know actually how to pray? Right.
3: Because that's the thing. Like, I was intimidated and I was scared because I, I came to Christ so much later than everyone around me. And it was like, why didn't grow up in a house that had parents that prayed over me or prayed with me? I mean, we did the little nursery rhyme occasionally <laughs> before sleep.
0: Me. he's trying to teach me and I need to talk so the podcast in here. there you go yeah <laughs> yep there we go yeah. we'll get you hooked up here
3: uh, you know uh, that that's the thing is the enemy uses that as a tactic it's a silencing tactic because that's exactly what would happen uh, Jonathan you know my husband trying to disciple me to the best of his ability and um, he'd say you know well do, do you want to pray over dinner, I mean, something simple, something that wouldn't seem so complicated, but immediately in the back of my head, it would be, you don't know how to pray, you're going to sound really ridiculous, you're going to sound stupid, and you really shouldn't open your mouth, and so I didn't pray, and I didn't pray, and I didn't pray, and then I'd be by myself, and I'd be trying to talk to the Lord, and the the little voice would say, you know, he probably isn't even listening to you, because you sound like an idiot, and you don't know (laughs) how to pray, you know, and it, it was so many years of that, before I was able to silence it, it. and it took somebody looking at me and saying to me you know the day that you open your mouth amazing things are going to happen and I was like I, me like who am I you know and it but it was the day that I opened my mouth that the Lord was able to work through me amen and so then I didn't shut up
0: <laughs> hallelujah <laughs> you got something to say now huh yeah, amen exactly. and that that you know in youth ministry I can remember that was a big thing to young people not knowing how to pray they were afraid to talk to God they you know, they hear someone in the sanctuary going, my thou heavenly father, thou, you know, and all these big words, flowery words. And, and And I had to teach them. You talk to him like you would your best friend. You lay it all out regardless whether you don't worry about the these and the thous and the all of this stuff. Just lay it all out and, and, and pour out your heart to him. But that is definitely a big uh, trap or a big uh The thing the enemy uses is, you know, you don't even know how to pray. You know,
1: I think you said it really well. This ties back to the first thing
0: that you said.
1: Uh, People who don't pray, and I'm like you, Pastor, how do you do that? I mean, I, I was there. But when you don't have a prayer life, then, again, it's that you misplace your confidence. If you're not praying and you don't have a prayer life, you're relying on self. And all your confidence is, what can I do to make this, you know? And you're going to fail every time, you know, if you're trying to be spiritual at all, yeah. you know? Good so. point.
4: Also, it's real important how we pray because probably all of us in this room are like, I mean, I'm always praying. If I'm in the garden, I'm praying. If I'm driving down the road... But we have to go into the prayer closet and spend. The Lord wants us to put aside our busyness. And yeah. so those are two different kinds of prayer. It's the prayer being yeah. constant, mm-hmm. but then there's something about going in, you know, just getting the quiet inner, the inner and giving Him everything. And I can tell you from experience that He will expand time just like He does with tithe you know, you'll just miraculously have more money or whatever or favor in that area. If you would put aside and go into the prayer closet and spend that hour or, you know, hopefully, you, it's not like there's a time limit, but right. he'll expand your time and you'll get more done.
1: Yes. Amen, and that's when he's he speaks back to you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because I'm like, I'm driving down the road, I'm praying, I pray constantly, but when I hear the voice of God, it's that time I set aside and just bask in no his presence really he does more talking than i do you know
4: like amen. when i came downstairs this morning and I, he had or came back from praying we went and prayed for the schools early this morning and when i came in the house i knew terry had been in there praying and he'd been in there for about 45 minutes and i could just feel the presence of god in the house
0: presence amen powerful powerful hallelujah prayer is so important important. We cannot uh, say it enough, and again, it's, uh, we, we pray, you know, driving the car, we pray, but as I said, when you go into the inner chamber, and you, it's just you and God, and it's quality time, and you're not doing something else while you're talking to God, then that is when He speaks to you, and gives you sermons, and gives you visions, and revelation, and all kinds of, all kinds of things. Hallelujah. So, Peter prayed too sparingly was another uh, uh, danger signal. Number three, he slept too soundly. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> As, yeah, I think you say, yeah. On that very night of nights, the night when Jesus wanted him and James and John, and even he really wanted all the disciples, but they quit pretty quick, and so he took the three that he thought would hang with him a little further in the garden, and they, what'd they do? They slept. Yeah, conked out. Uh, And I love what it says here. Here it is, you know, Jesus is wanting that companionship, that someone there uh, beside him, but Peter was unaware that he was so full of himself. Wow. God help us, amen. He was so full of himself. Self. So, uh, what a what a sad testimony of being out of step with the Savior, out of touch with what He was doing. There's a time to sleep, and there's a time to hear the voice of God. Amen. Number four, He acted too hastily. I think this is referring to uh, whacking off the ear <laughs> of the soldier of the servant. There, uh, He looked more at the circumstances in the garden. And reacted according to his own prideful self determination by choosing to strike the servant with a sword. He had lost touch with God's purpose and was not humbling himself uh, before the Lord. Do we ever react with emotions and, and stuff? Yeah, definitely. We are emotional beings, and sometimes you'll catch yourself, won't you? I think, oh man, why am I? So sad, or why am I so angry, or why am I so despondent? Why, what is this? Just a trick of the enemy, isn't it? Just getting the flesh to, to rise up. So, a number, and the last one Peter followed too distantly. Wow. Ouch. Ouch. Man. Do we need to be close? What does James say? Draw close to me, and I'll get close to you what is that James four seventeen, maybe somewhere like that you draw near unto me and I will draw near unto you so it's a dangerous thing to be getting too far away from God and I touched on this I think a little bit Sunday some people just want enough of Jesus to make it in you know you know I, I love Jesus I love Jesus and I believe in Jesus and I'm gonna to try to come to church at least on Easter and christmas and uh but you know uh blah 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 uh no that that's falling pretty far off. things can happen, can't they? Things can happen when we get too far away from the Master. We can see it time and time again in people's lives Peter's my own uh some of you sitting here tonight when we get too far away it's uh huh, misery, yeah. Yeah, and what happens is two maidens, two servant girls come up to him. You know, they're in the garden. It talks about it here under this one. He was twice pressured by one of the servant girls. And he was pressured by those who stood around him and reacted by cursing and swearing. You get around the wrong crowd, it's amazing how quick you can revert back to the flesh. Amen? We should be the the light and the salt you know if we've been living close to the lord but we if we haven't been and we're like i said following way back here and we get around some other people they can the devil will suck you in quick i don't i can't tell you how many times i have prayed with young people in the altar on sunday night crying out to god for what they had done on friday night and then lo and behold the next friday night rolled around and they would be right back doing the things. But eventually, eventually they came out of that. Because there was a lot of people, moms and dads and pastors and different ones praying for them. You want to say something? No. You're just in me. Okay. All right. Hallelujah. That's right. They're watching, aren't they? The way the enemy yeah, That's who he gets, the ones that are separate from the crowd there. That's right. Good point. <laughs> And I love what he says here. You know, he he does it the first time, you know, vehemently. Then the second one, he curses. About the third one, he curses and swears. I do not know that man. Wow. Ouch. You know, you've been with him three and a half years. He's, you know, come on. Yeah, I'd rather, yeah, just an hour or so earlier, you're saying, you know, I'll die with you. And here we are. And then, I mentioned it a while ago, the old rooster. I can't do it very well. Bah, bah. <laughs> However, And it says the timing of that rooster. I, I love what it says in the book. The timing of that rooster's crow is a miracle. One of God's creatures was waiting for a divine signal to sound the sound that would pierce the heart of one of God's greatest servants God will use a rooster he'll use a whale (laughs) he'll use a donkey whatever it takes to get us back to him and back on track and that's what he did that night when he heard that rooster crow he knew he knew because it had just been told two hours or so earlier yeah man before the rooster crows you're going to deny me three times and it you know peter was at the the last uh paragraph here he was at the lord's supper up here on the mountaintop are you with me at the lord's supper before all of this happened he was so confident he was on top of the world he was the closest disciple to jesus he was sure that he was going to be either on the right or the left hand of jesus peter was characterized by self-determination self-sufficiency he was a willful man. In fact, the only thing he didn't take first place in was the race to the tomb. <laughs> Remember that story? John uh, actually outrun him. We, we demonstrated that actually this last Easter, didn't we? Yeah. There was a little bit of discussion about that. Uh, his life up to this point was a testimony to the truth of Proverbs sixteen eighteen: Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall, but our great God of the second chance had a wonderful plan. He was not through with Peter. And I tell you tonight, God is not through with you. Amen. I don't know what you've gone through, but God will lift us back up from failure, won't he? Restoration. Amen. Let's get into that part. Jesus' plan worked And this is question number three. Jesus' plan worked. After Peter was sifted he told him that, you know, Satan's come to and desired to sift you like wheat. But when you're converted, you're going to what? Strengthen. You're going to be a rock. You're going to strengthen your brothers. And so after Peter was sifted and tried, he painfully came to a humbling end of himself. I'm kind of like some other great preacher. I think before any man or woman can be used of God, they have to be broken first broken I've been broken there's some great other men and women of, of God here in this room tonight and we've all had our uh, broken experiences with the Lord but man it, it makes you and I think I'm going to say this at the end but it makes you realize that kind of like what it says here you come to the end of yourself and you realize I can, I can do nothing without Jesus in my life. I am nothing. I am nothing without him in my life. He was, Peter was thinking of his own sifting. He had been shaken until he did not have anywhere to go, but down on his face. I love that. He then went on to share, you were, uh, you know, in, in one of his epistles there, First Peter. He said, there's going to be various trials, just like I was, that the genuineness of your faith is, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found a praise and honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Lisa preached a sermon on this back a few months ago, being tried in the fire. God, here's question number four. I wanted to put it on your question deal twice. God never emphasizes failures. He emphasizes his forgiveness So that he gets the praise and the honor and the glory. Amen. Isn't that what ministry is about? Giving him all the praise and the honor and the glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Any child of God can come back to him at any moment. From any sin and any failure. There's nothing. Amen. Anyone born of the Lord Jesus Christ can receive. I love this. He's quoting 1 John 1. Nine, if we confess our sins, he's what? Faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, period. Have you got that, church? When the devil comes to try to remind you of your past, amen, you can quote that right there. And you can also, I always tell everybody, you can remind him of his future, amen, hallelujah i stand I, I plan on being there uh, when you're thrown into the abyss amen so uh let's see
2: like how many people actually deny jesus or go through that and actually get that second chance i mean peter's uh um you can see whenever he uh runs or swims out of the water or whatever for uh to jesus how um he realized he got that chance right or he yeah. realizes he how many of us actually get an opportunity to go and 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 hug jesus and mm-hmm. actually get that ch- second chance because not many people a lot of people don't a lot yeah. of people um go through that and aren't able to to get that and um uh, so whoever i'm sure everybody here you know if it's like If you, uh, it makes me, since I've been given that, it makes me even more so thankful and wanting to share that story and that gospel with
0: whoever I see. Amen. Amen. Good point. And now he's getting on the scripture I'm going to use at the very end of this, that he who... uh, What's that scripture? He who, well, I've got it written here. Let me get over to the last page. He who has been forgiven of much, loveth much. So true. My relationship with Christ before uh, my fall, uh, I can only tell you, when I came back to Christ, it's, it's, it's three times better than it was before man five times better probably yeah. amen, just a closeness you just love him because he's he's given you another chance right yeah. hallelujah
2: and, and correct me if i 'm wrong uh, every great ministry or every great ch- uh, uh man I got whatever comes out of that anguish uh, David Wilkerson preaches a sermon on that it's like what that every great ministry it comes from that um, that feeling that peter had that feeling that you had pastor um that just um something great can, comes up from that and i think the only thing that you can actually like that or a revival whatever how uh, revivals start a lot of revivals have started with people confessing the craziest stuff people that have you know can dig real deep like no one will ever know about you but right. they confess that to everybody and that's where revival comes from right
0: amen amen Praise God, there is hope for every one of us that have failed. And as I said at the start of this, if, if depending on how we look at it, there's either a room full of failures here, or there's a room full of champions. I'm telling you, Jesus sees you as a champion. Amen. The devil would love to take you completely out when you were in that failing mode, but praise be unto God. Something you had enough of Jesus. In your heart to say no no i'm right i'm getting back up and you know really what does the bible say though a man falls seven times or something like that i've always said it this way if you get up one more time then you've been knocked down you're a winner amen, amen. man when you're in the ring you're going to get knocked down in ministry especially we teach this to our uh, those in ministry you're going to get knocked down and you're going to It's going to be hard some days to put one foot in front of the other, but you do it, don't you, just like Peter. Just like Peter did, you get back up. Hallelujah. So, real quickly here, uh, let's hit these five glorious rays of light. Jesus offers us complete forgiveness. Let's say it, complete forgiveness and no condemnation. There is therefore, Romans 8, 1, Now, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Each one of us, he says, will it sometimes fail the Lord. And then here, in one way or another, the crowing of the cock. (laughs) Yeah. Satan will try to discourage us by whispering something like, now you've done it. You're finished. Your future ministry has been destroyed because God can no longer use you of failure but Jesus man he extends his arms of love and reaches out and picks us up so he offers us number one complete forgiveness with no condemnation he promises number two a life of new beginnings hallelujah hallelujah a new day and, and I, I put this question number six on here because I kind of you know I live in the country I get out and walk before 7 o'clock every morning, and I love hearing the neighbor's roosters over there. Man, they're just crowing. It's a new day. And he says here, a new day was uh, the miracle of the rock of the cock crowing told Peter that a new day was dawning. So that's the answer to number 6. A rooster's call always means a new day is dawning. I put, I like roosters. (laughs) Amen. His mercies, as we said at the start, are new every morning hallelujah new beginnings if your marriage has been in turmoil you've been struggling there's been what's the word here sometimes you get to a point of where you think is it worth it is it worth it you know marriage marriage is w-o-r-k isn't it it's it is it takes a lot of work a lot of forgiveness a lot of uh, understanding a lot of uh, communication, a lot of compromise, it, it takes some, some work. So let me just encourage you, if you've felt like giving up, you know, we've all been there at some point. But just keep on keeping on. Don't give the devil any place. Amen? Number three, Jesus wants us to remember his word in our darkest hours to give us hope. Anybody ever had a word? From the Lord during a rough time in your life, when, yeah, it's what kept me going. A word from the Lord, and then someone else confirmed that word. You know, we still do need the gifts of the Spirit, and we need to be open to be used by the gifts of the Spirit. Because so there may be someone here this Sunday that God may want to use you to give them a word that will change their life forever. Make sure you're, you know, doing it in the Holy Spirit. You're anointed of the Holy Spirit, but don't quench the Spirit. Do not quench the Spirit. God gives you a word, uh, it, life and death. It could be a matter of life and death for that, for that person. So, again, remember his word in our darkest hours. And he, he says here uh, in Luke twenty-two, sixty-one, 61, under number 3, he remembered the word of the Lord. What's he talking about? if you back up, let's back up to, to 22, verse 31 through 34. I'm pretty sure I gave it to you. Bev, are you back there? There it is. Here we are. And The Lord said to Simon, Simon, indeed, here, here's the word from the Lord. Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And when you have returned to me, He knew he was going to forsake him, didn't he? And denying the rooster's going to crow, all of this stuff. Strengthen your brethren. But he said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. Then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you. Deny three times that you know me. This is in verse 34. We go through all this stuff. We get down to verse 61. And it says here that Peter remembered the word of the Lord. Wow. Oh, there's nothing like a word in your spirit. Amen? When God gives you a word. Number four, and I'm hurrying. And I want to say this tonight on that. Some people say, well, I haven't had a word from the Lord in a while. Well, focus on the last one he gave you. Amen? Just keep remembering that one and and letting it stir. and, and, And I use the word chew on it. Meditate on the last word that he spoke into your life. Number four, Jesus is in control of all the events surrounding our lives. The crowing of the the rooster was much more than a miracle that fulfilled our Lord's words. It was also a special message to Peter, a message that helped to restore him to fellowship again. All right? Hallelujah. Some of the things that are happening in your life right now could very well be orchestrated by the Lord amen, amen. And, and, and for a reason amen you can look, you'll look back at it and I, and I feel that for somebody tonight some of the events, some of the things happening in your life God's going to turn it completely around and you're going to look back at this day and, and you're going to go and strengthen somebody else through the, through the test that you went through during this season in your life so wow wow He'll, he'll, as I said earlier, he'll use a rooster, he'll use whatever. Hallelujah. He talks about here, uh, remember us talking Sunday about alignment and assignment? Uh, However, the Lord wants us to realize that there are no such things, only the appointments of God. It's a divine appointment sometimes, isn't it? Which he works for the good of those who love him. Number five, we're wrapping up. Jesus wants us to know that he is watching over us in our darkest hour. Uh, his hands are on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it talks here about him looking at him, and we mentioned that earlier. Uh, and he uses an example of when the disciples were in the boat during the storm. He was watching. I mean, you know, he was watching over them. And he came to them right in the middle of that storm, didn't he? He saw it. and He, he knew they were in trouble. He comes walking to them on the water, and he says this. He's, I love this. He's always watching us, and he's always rescuing us. He loves us, doesn't he? Praise God. Hallelujah. Last uh, two questions here. Number eight. No failures are permanent. Did we get number seven? Jesus knew exactly where Peter was, both physically and spiritually. Number eight, no failures are permanent. Everybody say amen. Amen. And notice, I I never capitalize Satan, whether it's the start of the sentence or whenever. I I just, I'm never going to, I'm never going to let him think he's anything in my life so Satan wants our sins and failures to convince us to give up hallelujah but number 9 and this is in your book I I put name 10 weak and sinful Bible characters that God has worked through there's a bunch of them aren't there I think it lists about 15 I put down Noah, Abraham Isaac, Moses Joshua, Gideon Samson, David Elijah, Jonah. Those were some of the ones that I put on my piece of paper, but you can put your own uh, ones that you want. And then lastly, number 10, the disciples' failures were only temporary. By his power, they turned the world upside down for Jesus Christ. Did you enjoy the story? Anybody read the story about standing before Gabriel? Can I read that in closing? Y'all got two more minutes? All right. Uh, it talks about uh, when the angel Gabriel greets Jesus after his ascension back to heaven. He says, Master, you died for the world, did you not? To which the Lord says, Yes. You must have suffered much, the angel says, and Jesus says, Yes. Do they all know that you died for them? Gabriel continues, No, only a few in Palestine know about it so far, Jesus says. Well, then, what is your plan? For telling the rest of the world that you said your blood for them. Jesus responds and says, Well, I asked Peter and James and John and Andrew and a few others if they would make it the business of their lives to tell others. And then the ones that they tell could tell others. And then they in turn could tell others. And finally it would reach the furthest corner of the earth and all would know the thrill and the power of the gospel. But suppose Peter fails. And suppose after a while, John just doesn't tell anyone. And what if James and Andrew are ashamed or afraid? Then what, Gabriel asked. I have no other plans, Jesus is said to have answered. I'm counting entirely on them. Is he counting on us? Amen. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I just want to tell you, your story is not over the last page of the last chapter of your life has not been written amen if you're here tonight and you've known failure in your life man what a what a great chapter here this is one i would i would keep this this chapter 10 and remember it if you ever get to a point in your life where the enemy is making you feel like a failure like you've accomplished nothing you just come back and reread this so so powerful lord thank you for a God of second chances and third chances and on and on. God, great is your faithfulness, as we said at the very start of this class. Your mercies are new every morning. God, I thank you that you're raising up men and women in this end time, God, that the enemy will attack, but because of the relationship that they have with you, God, it'll be like nothing. They will recognize quickly. What the enemy's doing, they are warriors. They've been in the battle before. They know how to fight. They are well trained. They are well versed in the word of God. And they know how to use the weapons of their warfare. Lord, they have the sword of the spirit in their hand, the word of God. They have the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Nothing will be able to deter them or stop them in the name of Jesus. Lord, I praise you that you're raising up Gideon's and Rahab's, Lord, in this end time, Lord, that will take back what the enemy has tried to steal. We'll put him on the run. He'll be put in his place in the name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you. Amen.